0: What's up, guys? Kelsey charles Megan, Murray here, and you are listening to Girls Talking Boys in partnership with SB Nation. As always, hello.
1: You know, this time next week, we will have seen our first Dallas Cowboys football game.
0: The real one. What is life, y'all? What is life? Um, Well, word on the street is you are going to that game, and we decided to bring someone who is also going to be in attendance and... Um, I'm very sorry to be ditching YouTube because I was my, I don't f- think she's sorry. Well, I was going to offer this up. Um, I do have that Burns reservation still, so I'm not going to cancel it. So maybe you can still be my friend, both of you either way, but John was buying
1: my food. I'll uh, don't <laughs>
0: consider it. <laughs> John was from the athletic is joining us. John. What's up, my friend.
2: What up? What up? It's been a while.
0: I know. I mean, I kind of feel bad about that. Like, I feel like you should be a little bit more of like a regular guest on our show. Like have like a, like a drop, you know? Like David Hellman has those drops when he does his appearances. Like we need that for you on our show officially. A second, that motion.
2: <laughs> hey, I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm I'm always good to come out whenever.
0: John Moshota. That's it. I'm going to record that. The but Johnny that- matches. I actually texted John today before my medicine kicked in and I need to get y'all's opinion really quick. Because if you follow John, which if you're not already, I don't know what you're doing. Um, He's John Mashoda with no H on uh, Twitter. But John, ha- how do you spell Johnny if you don't have an H in your name? Like if I want to be like Johnny, like it's just J-O-N-N-Y or what? It
2: It is, but I can count on one hand how many people have ever called me Johnny in my life. I've never been a Johnny at all. Like nobody's ever really. Nobody's ever really called me that. Like
1: just me and Dave trying to make Johnny matches happen. Yeah. Yeah.
2: No, the Johnny matches thing. That's a little bit different. There's a lot of people that cover the team that call me that, but like, just like, you know, you think growing up that you'd have some friends in that, that would call you like John, nobody ever calls me Johnny, like (laughs) family. Well, sometimes like if my mom's mad, we'll call me Jonathan, but almost everybody just calls me John. (laughs)
0: Yeah. I didn't realize your name was Jonathan. I feel that's kind of crazy. Like, I don't know how we've been friends this long and I'm just now remembering or realizing this. I'm (laughs) I'm sorry about that. I'm really just making everyone well aware of uh, the terrible friend I am already on this (laughs) show. So here we are. (laughs) Um, Two strikes. Yeah, two strikes. It's totally fine. Okay, cool. Well, then I'll just, it's Johnny with no H. And so um, from here on out, everyone please refer to him as such. Uh, But... I, I, I know everyone's previewing Tampa Bay and we can talk about that really briefly too, but I just wanted to bring you on Johnny and Megan and I were kind of talking about like how listen in true Megan Murray words, it it, words are hard. The bar is on the floor for this Dallas Cowboys team. And I just have to get your, your thoughts coming out of an off season coming out of you know, a full training camp. Now you actually got to see them in person a little bit more. There's a a, a tad more sense of normalcy, not fully, you know, I want to know your thoughts on where do you think this team stands? Are they going to be able to upgrade themselves from last year? I don't think it would be difficult, especially in light of your quarterback coming back, but where's your head at and how this team can perform going into this upcoming year?
2: Well, I think the bar should be a little bit higher than the floor just because of the division they're in. Like, I mean, they look how bad they were last year and right down to the end of the season, they still had a chance to make the playoffs. Now it probably would have been a very short playoff run and that's not what fans want. That's not what Jerry Jones wants. That's not why Mike McCarthy was brought in. It was, you know, he's here to win in the playoffs. And so you got to get there first, but you know, everything I've seen in training camp and the end of the preseason, yeah, <laughs> It's funny because like, I I think it's so easy for anybody to just buy into whoever the new defensive coordinator was going to be. It was like, okay, it's somebody new. It's got to be better, (laughs) but that's not always necessarily the case. And it does seem like the team is bought into Dan Quinn. And so it's like, I hate to sit here and overhype him right now because so many other people do that already, but he does seem like he's for real. Like it does seem like, you know, you shouldn't, your expectation should not be that they're going to be some top five or even top 10 defense but I think they can get back to being respectable middle of the pack. And if the offense is healthy, then that's good enough to be one of the best teams in the NFC. It really is. And so uh, I would say it all depends on really the health. Like if you tell me that they don't go through a lot of the same stuff last year, even though that they're already starting right now, with Lyle Collins and this next stinger issue, but you know, Tyron Smith's in good health decks in good health, you know, CD, Amari, uh, Zach Martin, as long as it stays that way, Zeke, the offense will put up points and that'll keep you in a lot of games. So uh, yeah. Do I think this team's going to win, you know, 12, 13, 14 games? No, I think they're going to be close to like nine or 10 wins, but that should be enough to make the playoffs. And if you get in the playoffs, you know, just get hot at the right time and who knows what happens.
0: Wow. I mean, those are some, I, I I'm, I'm happy to hear that. I don't think I had as much faith because I just, again, like I'm, I feel so, so burned from last year and I, I just felt like there was just so much all over the place. And, and I think there's a learning curve when you bring new new coaching staffs in. I think that you know losing your quarterback for a year definitely does something to a team. I don't feel super confident in their backup situation. Not that that's like the end of the world right now. But, you know, I'm I'm just I felt like there was a lot to be improved upon. And I think that's a really hard feat to be able to just completely turn a ship around in one season. I think you always hear about this timeline of like three years or something like that. And and to be able to truly turn them into a winning team feels like not, not a small feat. And so um, I guess that's encouraging at the very least because you're right there with them th- that you think that way.
2: Yeah, and it's also because of just my broader view of the rest of the league. Like I just, it's the most parody driven league there is. You know, it, they're just there's probably five to 10 teams that you could say are better than the Cowboys. And then the Cowboys are in that next group. But if they all say, if they stay relatively healthy, they can be in that top you know 10 group. I mean, you know, the bucks were like seven and five at one point last year. I mean, it just, this isn't like, you know, like in baseball, you look at some of these teams with the highest payrolls, you know, that they're always going to be there at the top, you know, college football, it's like, Oh, wow. Is it going to be Clemson, Ohio state or Alabama again? Like, you know, <laughs> a lot of those teams, they just continue to stay on the top. Like, I don't look at the NFL like that at all. Like there isn't like, you know, if, if Kansas city stays healthy, I think that them and Tampa are cut above everyone else. And then after that, there's just like a group of teams that, you know, are all kind of together. So uh, I certainly don't see the Cowboys being in that bottom 10 or 15, where you're just like, Oh, two or three games. in, they're already going to be looking at what that potential draft pick could be. Like, I don't, I don't think they're down there. Um, and if they stay healthy, you know, there's a lot of things to be, to be positive about, to be excited about, but if they don't stay healthy, it's not going to, it's not going to matter.
0: Right. So speaking of that, how, how worried are you about, you know, Lyle Collins? This has been something that I've been seeing a lot of people discussing and it's a stinger. And so luckily that, you know, makes me feel like it's not the most severe thing but at the same time it's been keeping him out more consistently than not as of late and you know i think we all know that we missed him dearly last year and and i think there's an opportunity for him to practice on sunday and so i think we'll have a better idea if he'll play again but but what are you kind of hearing around that and what's your level of concern and should we be concerned as well
2: yeah. Concerned in terms of like getting a hundred percent Lyle Collins for the entire season. Yeah. You should be definitely concerned about that. I could see that not happening. I think of it as the next thing being something kind of similar to what Dak was going through with the shoulder that right now they're going to try and not have him do very much because it's going to be probably end up being a pain tolerance type of thing where you might see during the, if, and I'm saying if this just stays as a next stinger issue, and that's what they're telling us it is. And as long as that's what it is, I think what it comes down to is that, you could see Lyle Collins, not, not practicing very much during the season, but playing on Sundays and yeah. Will he be completely hundred percent? No. Um, but is Lyle Collins at 75 or 50% a lot better than Terrence Steele and Brandon Knight? Yeah, absolutely. It's not even close Ty Naseki. So I don't think it's, you shouldn't be concerned. Like, you know, because I know he's coming fresh off of missing an entire season because of the hip issue. I don't see it being like that. Um, but I do see it being, I just have seen it with the Cowboys before they've done this with Tyron Smith, where it's like, well, yeah, we might not have him practicing during the week, but he'll be out there on Sundays. And as long as that's the case, then, and it doesn't get any worse, then they will be fine.
0: At what point do we start to have conversations around the tenure of guys like that on this team? Like I, and we can talk about this here in a minute when I get your thoughts on where you think the strengths and and weaknesses of the roster are your reactions from both of you, but like. I always remember there was such a narrative around, Oh, well, we need to win and win now because we don't have Jason Witten forever. We don't have, you know, X, Y, Z forever, you know, does Brian, I guess at that point too. So at what point do we start to see some of these guys on this current roster transition into that narrative? Because I think it's a pretty certain thing that Tyron Smith is nearing the end. I don't know what, what the end looks like in terms of timeline, but, I think the writing is on the wall that he's definitely at the the half back half end of his career versus the front.
2: So I look at this probably different than a lot of people. And I honestly, I really don't care what anybody else thinks. This is just how I feel about this. <laughs> as long as your quarterback's in place, I don't care about any of that other stuff because you play young guys in this league. This isn't an NBA where it's like, no, Zion's going to be good right now, but he's not going to compete for titles for five or six years. No, like as long as you have the quarterback, you can, you're always building the nucleus. You're never completely set. This isn't about getting a starting five in basketball on the court and keeping them together for 10 years. This isn't about building the golden state warriors. Like the football is so cyclical. Like you're just always going to have new pieces coming in and out. Platooning. What's that?
0: Platooning like. to do. Right. And and like Micah
2: Parsons, for example, like we never would have thought last year at this time that this rookie linebacker might be the the best defensive player. Heck we didn't even think that they would take a a linebacker with their first round pick CD lamb. Why would anybody draft CD lamb when you already have Michael Gallup and Amari Cooper, but it's always constantly changing, you know? And, and the reason why I think it matters even less for teams like the Cowboys is because the Cowboys are never not going to have stars. Like they're going to have stars. They're like, there's always going to be guys that are, that want to play here, that want to resign here. Like as long as you with them having Dak in place, Dak's the window. When everybody talks about oh, the window closing, the window was closing because Tony Romo's window was closing. Dak's window is at least another 10 years. So I don't look at that as being like, well, what happens if Zeke falls off and what happens if Tyron, well, you got to find other guys. Like, let's say, for example, let's say in this off season, Tyron retired. Well then you're not probably taking Micah Parsons. You're probably drafting a Rashawn Slater or you're taking somebody in the draft that, you know, has to play there right away. But because Tyron had his surgery. Lyle had his. They obviously saw enough there that, hey, these guys are going to be able to play for a few more years. But offensive line is going to be addressed again. And if you're a Cowboys fan that's concerned about that, I will say just look at their track record. I don't know anybody that's drafted offensive linemen better than them. And let's not act like they found them all at Tyron Smith in the top 10. I mean, Zach Martin was no guarantee. Lyle Collins was a guy that, yeah, there's some luck involved, but that's luck that the Cowboys get because they have Jerry Jones and they have the star and the brand. So you you get those opportunities, but like that, but They've never been able to find guys, Connor Williams, Connor McGovern. Like it's not necessarily going to be three, three, four, five potential ring of honor guys. You might have to win with a lesser offensive line, but you can do that as your quarterback continues to progress and get older and, and, and is, is becomes more of a savvy veteran, which is clearly where Dak is now more so than before. So for me personally, when people talk about how, how big, how long the window is there and stuff like that. It, for me in, in the NFL, it's all about, it's all about your, your, your franchise quarterback. I literally don't even care about the coaches, any of the other player. like, tell me how long you're going to have this franchise quarterback for, and we'll find pieces to go around him. I mean, the, the Patriots did that with Tom Brady. The Packers are doing that right now with Aaron Rodgers. The saints did that with, with Drew Brees. I mean, generally speaking, unless you're like one of those bottom teams, like the lions with a Matt Stafford that you waste somebody like that, generally speaking, you know, you're gonna if you're like the Cowboys, as long as you have that franchise quarterback, you're gonna have other pieces to be able to make a run almost every year.
0: Yeah, I respect it. So, what were y'all's thoughts in terms of you know where they they had to make the roster cuts the thirty first and get down to the fifty three, and were there any any that surprised you? And I have to say, um, I know on this podcast specifically, we are at least happy that the Nooch is gonna be back on the practice squad. I um. You know I had to throw out one of those memes on Twitter and of course got some help for that because everyone assumes that I'm excited about him because of his talent level and that just shows that they don't listen to this year' podcast. But Literally. either way, uh, um, what were you guys thinking? I mean, was there anything that stood out to you that you were just like, I was not expecting that or was it a little bit more like black and white and like you just kind of saw it all coming? Meg, you can go. Oh, I mean, I, I, just, it's, I think mine kind
3: of
1: revolves more around... <clears throat> like why they chose certain guys for hard knocks and like all of them are on the practice squad. Um, when we could really be focusing, we could have focused on, um, like actual storylines on the team, but I digress. Um
0: a <laughs> okay. little disappointing, I have to admit. I just
2: finished watching this week. So I was like, Yeah, oh, I got I got I got conspiracy theories about that, but go on. Oh, you
0: do? We need to Wait, hear those. So I want a conspiracy theory now. <laughs> Actually, yeah, let's hear that real quick. We're gonna take a sidebar. I need to yeah. hear that. Sidebar nation. I literally have been saying this, and I'm like, also, why are we not getting more Dan Quinn Quinn? I know they can make their decisions, and I know he's obviously on the COVID list, but still, like either way, let's hear.
2: I mean, I don't even, I don't know if you'd even call it conspiracy. Like there's <laughs> reasons why I believe this is true. Like I believe they're getting really good stuff, but then it goes through an editing process that includes uh, the Cowboys. I mean, I'll just give you, I'll give you one example that this told, this spoke volumes to me, John Fossil. We get to ask him about at the very end of his press conference about talking about the vasectomy thing. Yeah. And he specifically said that they came back to him multiple times. Are you sure we use that? We can use this. Are you sure we can use this? Then Rich Dalrymple came back to him and asked him, Hey, are you sure? This is several days. So clearly it's going through a very thorough process where if they're asking John Fossil about that on, on vasectomies, I find it hard to believe that they're asking Mike McCarthy over and over again, like, Hey, you know, do, are you sure you want this in here? Let's go over this one more time. Mike McCarthy was not happy about in that first episode about that conversation in there where him and Steven are talking about Zeke. And I'll be honest with you. It was out of the, all of the first four episodes. That's the part that surprised me the most. And and it's and if there's anything even in the running with that, it's the Dak being mic'd up and talking about how, can we swear on here or no? Yes. Okay. Yeah. When Dak's talking about the, like, you know, them how shutting him kids? down. Yeah. And like, like all that. And, and he's dropping all those F-bombs and things like that. Like I don't think that they want any more of that. I thought the first episode had a lot of that. I think that after Mike McCarthy and others saw that, they were like, all right, we're going to dial this back a bit. And so just instead of when you watch Hard Knocks, instead of thinking, all right, 48 to 52 minutes of the absolute best stuff they got this week, I think of it as more of, okay, um, they, they have five hours of great stuff. And it gets whittled down to like 48 minutes of stuff that like the Cowboys are like, okay, fine. You can use stuff like that. I mean, there's a reason why not just this year, but last year with the Rams and the chargers, why it's been getting more and more boring, probably part of the agreement they're doing with these teams by doing it is, Hey, you'll have even more say in the editing process. Yeah. You know, that that was not the case. I just do not believe that that was the case with the all or nothing series when they followed the the Cowboys around and I think it was 2017 there was so much good stuff behind the scenes in the meeting rooms. We're just not even seeing that stuff uh, in, in, in this season. And we saw a little bit of it in the first episode and it's like, since then it's been, all right, let's do more of Isaac Alarcon and Azur Kamara and stuff like that, where that's fine for like a casual fan in that, but like, this is the Dallas Cowboys that has a lot of star power on the team. And there's a lot of like, there's a lot of storylines that, that you can follow off this team. Yeah. I find it very mm-hmm. hard to believe that this is the absolute best stuff mm-hmm. that they're filming. I think it's the best stuff that they're filming that they're allowed to use.
0: I think that's actually yeah. pretty spot on. And I would agree with that because this isn't the first time that we've had an international you know, player on the team. This is definitely not the first time. And I feel like I know his mom better than any other person, any other character on the show. And it's just like, I'm happy for him that he's on the practice squad now, but still like, that feels like a lot of time to be spending on one super minor character. And, and I to your point, like, yeah, I mean, I know, I know that um, McCarthy had, uh, uh, the word on the street was that I think he had it removed, HBO removed from like the training camp hotel, like list listings or whatever. I think they weren't able to watch it or something like that. Or maybe he was discouraging it. I'm not sure. So I definitely don't think it's something that's been like viewed as a, yeah, come on in. Like we'll give you anything and everything. It's definitely been uh, boiled down to uh, some bare bones, if you will.
2: For sure. And I think the other Mike McCarthy, I think is a key part in this. He's coming from green Bay where they're not doing a lot of stuff like this. He's not getting mic'd up. And I'm sure, you know, he joked around at the start of training camp that, you know, he drove his truck off the road when Jerry called him, told him that they were gonna do hard knocks. I find it, I believe that at, during that time, whether it's that phone conversation or another one, it was like, fine, if we're going to do this, but we got to edit a lot of this stuff out because I don't want certain things from team meetings getting in there and stuff like that. I mean, I'll, I'll give you one example of, of something that is surprised me. There hasn't been any of it. And, and, and technically there's been like, I think it was five seconds of, but if you watch any previous hard knocks on the Cowboys all or nothing, any of that. Jerry's always a, a prominent figure in these meetings. He's always sitting at like the head table. Like we haven't seen any of that in here, whether it's personnel decisions, anything like that. I'm interested to see if this final episode will have that. Cause obviously it's going to be all about cutting down the roster, but you just haven't seen a lot of the hands on Jerry Jones stuff. And for me personally, like I feel like almost an entire episode should just be done on Jerry because he's reached that point where he's kind of like, you know, it's just funny. Anything he talks about just the way he describes things is, is entertaining. Like, I'd rather there be more Jerry. I know there's like how Cowboys fans that will complain. Oh, there's already too much Jerry and stuff like that. I actually think there needs to be more. I think that you turn to him. If there is going to be a lot of stuff off limits, behind the scenes, turn to Jerry, talk to Jerry about other things. You know, obviously they incorporated the helicopter and thing and things of that nature, but right, uh, yeah, they're just, I don't think that they're putting the best stuff out there. I don't, I, I just find it hard to believe. I've just seen, I've been around to too many practices this year, too many training camp practices back at the star, there's too many people involved on boom mics, cameras, producers, and that for this to be the absolute best of the best stuff that they have. They're just, I, I will never believe that.
0: I feel bad saying this and I know I'm, this is going to be the most unpopular opinion ever. And I think I'm the only, and we part- love a controversy. I'm telling you guys that drone shot was great, but it was about two minutes too long. Like I was just like, I was like, are we literally going to spend like three minutes out of a 27 minute show? just doing an entire drone shot like I, and like I don't know if they were needing to use it for filler like it was beautiful like I I'm a I'm a broadcast journalist of undergrad degree right so like I respect the effort put into it but I was like we're taking up like a tenth of the episode on this drone shot like literally this is a story that's a bigger storyline than most anything that has come out of this season thus far was that damn drone shot truly.
2: I think it's all about what you enjoy. Um, and I think that they're kind of in a tough spot because they're not just trying to give you the best like NFL inside behind the scenes stuff, which is all I want. Right. Cause like, if you think, if yeah. you think you're being critical with that, I'll be real with you here. This might make me seem like a terrible person. And again, I don't <laughs> care. I don't care about the family stuff. I really don't. I really, really don't. Like when you, cause again, when you're talking about like, when you're kind of like sitting there and you're looking at the clock, like how many more minutes are left in this thing? Like a lot of the family stuff, I'm just kind of like, I don't care right now. Like I want to see more, like I want really 48, 50 minutes of just meeting room stuff talking about how they cut down the roster, yeah. how this guy's playing and stuff like that. Like, I think it's real interesting when when people talk about the one episode started with Joe Philbin, the offensive line coach ripping into Isaac Ellercon. Okay. Joe's ripping into Isaac. People think, Oh, look at Joe. He's he's dropping F bombs on Isaac. Well, is that interesting? He's not going to play. If he's dropping F-bombs on Isaac, what do you think he's doing? We see all these preseason games when Connor Williams can't snap the ball and they really want him to, you know, be in a position to possibly even start at center. Like you don't think he's dropping F-bombs. Let's put that in there. Well, they don't want that in there because then it's like, this is a guy that like really matters on the team. You can drop those F-bombs on Isaac Alarcon because he's not going to factor in. And if he does, your season's already over anyway. So any of that stuff, Ben DiNucci, I mean, don't get me wrong. Like, obviously, Trayvon Diggs' kid is super cute. Yeah, Zura Kamara's mom is is hilarious. Isaac's mom is hilarious and stuff like that. And I get why they do it. This is HBO. This is because they they want a big audience. But I'm saying just for me, like, when it gets those parts, like, I'm just kind of like, it doesn't do a lot for me.
0: Well, let's actually dive into that a little bit in terms of the roster because I do want to get your thoughts on that. Like, I, I feel like, is there a position group that you feel like still you know has i'd love to know your thoughts on a position group that you feel like has been upgraded the most in this offseason and then one that you feel like yeah i'm i definitely have some question marks and i'm wondering why this team hasn't addressed these issues
2: yeah most improved by far is linebacker like that's been it's been outstanding what they've done there um i've i've found that very uh interesting just because you know we end the season with jalen smith saying you know we'll watch the tape you know when being asked after that last game if he's <laughs> gonna be back next year well, Dan Quinn came in and the first thing he did was watch the tape and then he went out and their biggest offseason acquisition in free agency was a linebacker in Keanu Neal. And then they add two linebackers, uh, one with their top draft pick and another one in uh, the fourth round with, J- with Jabril Cox. And now all of a sudden they have tons of depth at linebacker. And so they're in a great spot there. That that's been that's, that, that unit's going to be night and day. I'm, uh, that's what you should be most excited for on the defense by far is not, is not just that they have a lot of talent there, but there's a lot of versatility, a lot of different things that they can do there. And a lot of different things It looks like Dan Quinn's going to do Uh weakest for me. And it's really not even close. And I don't care what Jerry Jones says on the radio about this, but like <laughs> defensive tackle is just so weak. And, and Jerry's talking about like how it's like, they think it's real solid and there's depth there with if Neville Gallimore is hundred percent healthy, then I can see it being solid, but without Gallimore, I mean, you're asking Osa Diggy Zua to come in and start week one, Osa Osa could be a really good defensive tackle, but you really don't want that out of a third round pick week one going against Tom Brady and the defending Super Bowl champs, unless you just absolutely have to do it. Right, Carlos Watkins, Brent Urban, you know they're solid guys, but they're not guys that are you know no no one's going to be game planning around them or anything like that. So, you know, and 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 I mean, what were the Cowboys really to do with the position? They weren't going to spend big in, in free agency, and then in the draft it wasn't a great defensive tackle draft and. I honestly would have Micah Parsons rather have Micah Parsons with their first-round pick than any defensive tackle that was available then. So, you know, how are you really upgrading it? And then the other fa- factor is that Tristan Hill just isn't healthy yet. So, when you don't have Tristan Hill, you don't have Neville Gallimore. I find it hard to believe that they can feel super comfortable at defensive tackle.
0: But even to your point, like even those guys, if they were back, like it's like solid is the best right. way to describe them. Like none of them are you know, anything to, to phone home about. And I'm not saying that to be like personally attacking them. It's just literally, it is what it is. Like, like you said, no one's going to take those guys and be like, Oh, Neville Gallimore, like year two, we got a game plan around this guy. Like it's just not the case. And so I actually totally see that. How do you think though this defense is going to address that? I mean, cause I think it sounds like to me, if they don't go out and address that, would that just be on Dan Quinn to be more creative? And are they thinking like, is this even a feasible, like from someone who's not a defensive coordinator, are you looking at some of the position flex of some of the guys you have like a Micah Parsons who can, can provide pressure from the middle. And you're thinking, well, that could be enough to tide us over for, you know, however long it takes to get these guys back or, or what are, what are you thinking is the solution there?
2: Yeah. I mean, I just look at it as it's their, it's their weakness and every team's going to have weaknesses is even, the best teams in the league and you just have to game plan around it. Like you said, Micah Parsons will be a part of it. Uh, you know, on passing downs, they'll move, they'll move some DNs inside, whether it be DeMarcus Lawrence or uh, Chauncey Golson when he comes back, Dorrance Armstrong, they'll find different ways to, to bring pressure like that, as opposed to just with your, you know, front four, like Rod Marinelli always did. So they'll have to mix it up a little bit and keep, you know, uh, offenses guessing, which is not a necessarily a bad thing. It's just, we haven't seen it around here. So it's kind of one of those deals at least for me, where I'm like, I'll believe it when I see it. I want to see it consistently on Sundays to believe that they're really going to be as multiple as they've shown in practice. So yeah. uh, Micah Parsons though, it just seems like every time we talk to him, he just like, he's got to like bite his tongue because he doesn't want to share too much about what they're doing. And and Mike McCarthy is super secretive. I mean, you guys remember that practice last year, we had the (laughs) players without the numbers. Practice will
1: live in infamy forever.
2: (laughs) So he's super secretive about a lot of those things. So I'm interested to see how they're going to dial this stuff up because you know, you watch four preseason games, you think, you know, what's going on with the team, but you know, in those four preseason games, there's no Dak, there's no Zeke. And then there's no DeMarcus Lawrence. There's just, and Micah Parsons is only playing a handful of snaps and you know, he's not coming off the field in real games. So
0: um,
2: we really don't have any idea of quite, you know, how good that it can be. Um, But yeah, I just feel like defensive tackle, if, if they play really well, they can be solid there, you know? And I think if they are, then they'll be happy with that because, other guys will be the ones that are getting pressure and, and, and are able to make the big plays and things like that. They're not going to be expecting a lot from that. And if, you know, Osa ends up being better than they thought, then, hey, that's great. And if Neville comes back, you know, at the end of the month and his elbow is good enough for him to play through, uh, then, hey, great, you know, but I just, I find it hard to believe it's going to be, the, uh, it's going to be a strength for this team.
3: Exaggerations and half-truths aren't new in politics, but now with AI people can create fake videos of candidates to sway your vote. I'm former U.S. Attorney Preet Bharara, and I've teamed up with technology expert and law professor, Nita Farahani, on my podcast, Stay Tuned with Preet, for a three-part mini-series, AI on Trial. Our second episode presents the hypothetical case of a hotly contested Senate race that is derailed when the leading candidate is accused of using AI to enhance his performance and hurt his opponent.
0: How are we supposed to know when the technology becomes very difficult to validate something as truth or lies?
3: Do existing laws, policies, and government agencies sufficiently safeguard the political process?
0: Political speech is so tightly protected under First Amendment that it makes regulating in this space a real
3: challenge. And what needs to happen to protect democracy in time for the real presidential election in November?
0: When our elections are so close where it comes down to nail-biting endings, a few voters here and there can really lead to differences in outcomes.
3: The episode is out now. Search Stay Tuned with Preet wherever you get your podcasts.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think for me, um, my biggest concern, I want to get your guys' thoughts on this. Well, outside of what you just addressed right there, I have to be honest with y'all, like I'm not super confident in the quarterback room situation. I know there was obviously when Cam Newton was cut surprisingly out of New England and there was like a hot minute when, when we were talking about there's like, well, do the Cowboys talk to him? And is that even a thing? And then they go in and bring Will Greer in from, you know, Carolina. And, and but Cooper Rush was is is the answer. And and Jerry Jones, you mentioned on his interview on one five through the fan, like he talked about how how this guy has you know, the history, but I'm, I'm thinking about it and I'm like, okay, that's fine. He was here in what? 2017, 18, 19. We, we kicked the tires on him. Then when you say he has like this, this history with this team, are you talking? Cause that wasn't the same coaching staff. It wasn't this. I mean, I can't assume it's the same scheme. So what history are we really talking about the familiarity with, with, you know, a couple of the guys who are still starters for you offensively, or does he really have this edge and, and, or did, or, or did we just bring QB two into the room uh, as of this week.
2: I think it comes down to Kellen Moore. He's been around him during most of that time. And I think Kellen Moore is the reason why he is the backup because Mike McCarthy probably left it up to him and was like, who do you feel most comfortable with? And Kellen probably feels most comfortable with Cooper Rush's ability to know the offense. Like, you know, if they have to go to him for like, as long as they went to Andy Dalton last year, then yeah, they're obviously in trouble. Um, but I think Cooper Rush will be fine if he has to come in for a few series or uh, even if he had to start one game here or there. But um, the one thing I think fans need to know is that, you know, just because Will Greer is a third round pick and and, and more people are going to know him than Cooper Rush because he was at Florida. He was at West Virginia. There's just There's a lot for him to catch up on to think that all of a sudden he's going to be competing for the backup quarterback job anywhere in the first month of the season. Like, they're just, there aren't a lot of practice reps to go around when they practice Dak's getting most of those reps. And if he's not, then it's going to be, you know, Cooper rush. So yeah, it's going to be a while. If, if you think there's some legit quarterback competition and, and, and I, and I think that probably factors in a little bit with cam Newton too. That's probably why they didn't want cam is because they're like, well, he's going to have to learn the offense and we're not going to be able to just throw him out there. Then again, there's a lot of people that would say, well, it's cam Newton. We'd rather have him than Cooper rush. Who cares if he knows the offense or not, let him figure it out. Let's build something around him. I think the reason that they ultimately went with Cooper is because it was going to be the best way to keep the exact same offense together, whether Dak was playing or he wasn't, you didn't, if all of a sudden cam comes in, you probably have to change some things up and they probably didn't feel comfortable with that. And, you know, the Cowboys aren't going to say this, but cam not being vaccinated probably factors in with that too. I was about you know? to
0: ask you that. Yeah. You know, really especially was. after,
2: yeah. Especially after Urban Meyer said that stuff about vaccinations impacting their 53 picks. No, one's going to say anything about that, but I mean, even when, I don't know, whenever we go back to, you know, even before training camp, I, I think a lot of us were already thinking that was going to be a factor anyway, if you didn't want to get vaccinated, that's that's fine. It's your choice, but it also can be a factor in someone's mind. You know, it's like, you know, it could be like one of those things where, uh, you know, I don't know, like the Cowboys obviously have a lot of people outside the organization that tell them, you know, if a player is like, yeah, you might want to keep your eye on this guy He's real wild off the field. Like, you know, he's gotten in trouble a few times, but we've kind of kept under wraps, like to sit there and you're not going to say publicly, yeah, we're nervous about him off the field, but when you comes down to cut down day and you're in that room together where the cameras obviously aren't, you're talking about like, yeah, but can we count on him Monday through Friday? Like when he leaves the facility and stuff, those talks are real. And so I think, especially with the quarterback position, there's, there's no question that cam not being vaccinated is, is not helping him. You know, that's, that's going to be a factor in it, whether it's, it's right, wrong or whatever.
0: Yeah. I I think that's the same thing. Like, I don't, don't think they would publicly say that but if you think about it like logically i was listening to dave talk about it and i kind of have to agree with him whatever your thoughts on the vaccination are like let's put that aside for a minute let's think logistically what, what we're dealing with it's someone who's not vaccinated the nfl has made it increasingly difficult to be a part of the league if you are not vaccinated it's just like that much harder to do things you have all these waiting periods and and quite frankly you know science is science and it shows that if you're not vaccinated that you are, it is easier to like get the disease. It's easier to get it, to transmit it um, and also to get sick with it. And so you're talking about someone who by science standards is, is technically more vulnerable because they're not vaccinated for whatever reason, being in the quarterback room with your most valuable asset for this team that to me, I don't know how if you're just trying to trying to preserve you know, the integrity of your squad, that wouldn't be something that's at least slightly concerning for you.
2: Well, and the other factor is your talent will always play into this equation too. Uh, Like I mentioned with the example of a player off the field and you have concerns, you'll continue to have that player on your team. I'm not going to name any names, but if you're a Cowboys fan, you can probably have in your head about five or six guys over the last decade that jump out to me that they can be on the team because they're producing at a high level on Sunday. So we'll deal with that stuff. But when your talent level drops off and then you're also, you know, doing things off the field, or there's other, there, there's reasons for them to think twice about signing you, then they're not going to, it's almost like, it's not worth the hassle to them. Uh, for example, if Aaron Donald didn't want to get the vaccine. And so I don't know, the Rams were going to let him go. The Cowboys will gladly have him on their team. Unvaccinated. They'll be like, Oh my God, it's Aaron Donald. Of course. Yeah. Don't get yeah. the vaccine. We don't care. Do whatever you want because he's so good. But when your talent level drops off, I mean, if, if Cam Newton's 2015 MVP, Cam Newton, he's not, he's not without a team right now. And he's probably still is on the Patriots. He probably isn't even on the Patriots. He's probably on some other teams still as their starter right now, you know, right. but when your talent level drops off too, that factors in the equation. I mean, it's, this is a professional business here. This isn't just, you know, Oh, good, feel good stories. As much as hard knocks might want to tell you behind the scenes. I mean, <laughs> it's a business at the end of the day. And the business at the end of the day is winning games.
0: Yeah, truly. So you mentioned Aaron Donald, and this is the last question I want to ask you guys. Cause I just, I ha- curious after all the time we spent like just watching this team and, and now that we're moving into the regular season, but what player do you feel like, you know, has made the most improvements or has the most upside going into this year? I know I say Aaron Donald because you know, Connor Williams was a guy that everyone last year was like, Oh, like when Connor Williams is your, is your, know number one guy on the offensive line, like we have a problem. I'm not sure. I don't still feel that way, quite frankly, but like also you know, giving Aaron Donald hell is, is not something to scoff at. And, you know, CD lamb's another name too. Not that that's going to be like that far-fetched of a, of an analysis, but where's your head at in terms of guys that you really feel like could make a run at this year and, and surprise some people.
2: Yeah. That's the, that's a tough one. I get asked that a lot. Uh, just covering the Cowboys, people will say surprise. And I just,
0: yeah, I don't know. I just, not the right yeah, I just
2: don't feel like the Cowboys can ever surprise anybody because like you okay. mentioned, CD lamb is definitely on that category, but then, you know, you got idiots like me putting up a video or two yeah. every day from training camp where he's making a sick catch. And so everyone sees it. And so, yeah. because it's the Cowboys, like if he's on the Carolina Panthers, there's a little bit of hype, but because he's on the Cowboys, everybody knows who he is and, and what level he's going to play at. Like nobody should be surprised if he, you know, ends up being their number one receiver by the end of the year. Um, so, yeah, but Connor Williams is a great one that you mentioned. Um, you know, and, and this isn't gonna be a surprise cause he played well last year, but Dalton Schultz, I think it continues wow. to improve a lot. I really like, uh, what we've seen from him. I'm looking over the roster right now. Make sure I don't forget anybody. <laughs> uh, I'm trying to think on defense, if there's anybody that really stands out. It's tough to say, yeah, it's tough to say because of the fact that, you know, they just don't, they don't tackle to the ground in practice and you can't hit the quarterback. And so Randy's only played you know, a, like a very limited number of preseason snaps. So it's hard to like really get that. I could see him having a big year if, if he's healthy and, and, and plays the whole season. He certainly is going to get every opportunity there.
0: Yeah, uh, And
2: I feel the same way about Trayvon Diggs. Like Trayvon Diggs is going to be a better version than he was last year, but he's still going to give up plays, but he's going to make a lot of big plays too. You have to like kind of live with both of those, but I can see him, uh, you know, really elevating himself to like a pro bowl level uh, this year. Um,
0: what about the age? I mean, what we, we were talking about, like, like how, you know, Connor is going to be a guy that they're leaning heavily on. Is there a reason why you feel like maybe they're not doing that with Tyler or do you feel like it's going to come or what do we, where's our head out there?
2: Yeah, I would say when it comes to like my evaluating of players, I mean, like center, center and guard would certainly be my weakest. Uh, it's they're ne- neither of those are positions that I would say I spend a ton of time watching. So to me, I've thought Tyler looked fine in training camp and preseason, but I'm huge on actions, speak louder than words. And the actions are that they're continuing to try and get Connor Williams snaps. And so that tells me all I need to know about how they feel about Tyler Biotis. They're like, I don't remember anybody getting these one snaps behind Travis Frederick, you know, I mean, they were good and here we go, but, uh, it looks like they're trying to give every opportunity, uh, for Connor Williams. If he could, if he can do that then they'd have him at center and then you'd move Connor McGovern in this, into the starting lineup. So uh, that's certainly a spot to keep an eye on there. Um, I still want to make sure I don't have for game on defense, you know, Keanu Neal. We don't know much about him just because this is his first year with the Cowboys, but I think he's going to be very good. If Leighton Vanderest stays healthy. I thought he, I think he's had a very good camp in in, in preseason. Like he just, he looks really healthy. He seems fresh. He has like a really good relationship with Micah Parsons. They genuinely seem to enjoy each other. That's why thought it was interesting in that last episode of hard knocks, you know, I know that they got him playing, playing games and stuff like that, but they seem to have like a good, good bond together. I, I could see him having a big year. Um, and then maybe, maybe, uh, Dorrance Armstrong too. He's shown some flashes here or there. Yeah. But yeah, those, those are probably the ones.
0: I feel like Meg would be very happy if, um, had a had a resurgence because
1: uh yeah i have that jersey as well let's not talk about it
0: <laughs> we um we've i you know just so you guys all know we are going to be doing a staging ceremony on meg's jersey that she wore when um the event that should not be named last year went down uh week five so Ooh. we're gonna be taking care yeah. of that this weekend you, what,
2: okay is that a vanderess jersey or a deck jersey
0: it's a deck jersey it's navy so,
2: so what other jerseys do you have <laughs> <laughs>
1: I have a Des, a Zeke, a Dak, a Vander Esch. Do you have all these? I guess and I And a Smith. Okay. Emmett she, Smith. I was like, she's telling, she's telling <laughs> the Jalen.
2: <laughs> well, it could have been Tyron too. Um, wow. I, I mean, I almost think we need to somehow get the receipts on this and see when you purchased them because there could be there could be downhills for all these people
1: that Navy Dak Jersey right before that game. And I, that was the first and only time I've worn it and I haven't touched it since. And I'm upset.
2: <laughs> Did you buy the Zeke Jersey like after 2017 or after 2018? It was his
1: rookie season. That I oh, okay.
2: Okay. That, yeah. Fair. That's uh, yeah. hold on. What was the other one? What was the other one? You said okay, Ash
1: the, was also they, rookie they season.
2: Des? Yeah, did Des get released the year that you got that?
1: No, I okay.
2: haven't,
1: I got, it wasn't his rookie season. I got it. I think it was, um, but it was, shoot. I'm so bad at remembering like years. I'm not RJ, um, but yeah. it, it was the, it was the year of the catch. So that's pretty bad too. Maybe we
0: could stage <laughs> that one too.
1: Yeah.
2: It, it's so funny with jerseys, like growing up, you know, being a Detroit sports fan, like my brother and I would buy. Jerseys all the time, and it, like the, all these players, like would just you know, as soon as we get the jersey, they'd fizzle out, and, and, <laughs> and we're like, we gotta stop doing this. We're we're clearly to blame for this. And I remember just always being so jealous of like Packers fans because they could just always wear their Brett Favre jerseys, and then like, and then the Cavs who were like a huge rival with the Pistons, like they get LeBron. And I just remember I went to a Cavs game one year, like LeBron's second year, and it was in Cleveland, and I just remember. If, if you were wearing a Jersey and you were at that game, there was a 99% chance you were wearing a LeBron James Jersey, but it was like 15 different ones. Like everybody had (laughs) a different version of LeBron James Jersey. And just like, when you're a Detroit sports fan, there's very few guys like that, where you can just like, Oh, I got this Jersey. I can wear it forever. You know, which is nice. When you say you have Emmett Smith, you can, yeah, that one's evergreen. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I, I have, I have a hard time doing that. I more so like other, I'm a fan of all the Dallas sports teams. So like for the Rangers, I do not have any current players. I only have Adrian Beltre and I will probably not get what anyone's name on a jersey for a long time there. That feels pretty
2: evergreen. No, you say say that, but I just got this feeling like I'm not a like a Rangers fan or anything, but I mean, I follow the team. I just got this feeling that they've been down long enough that they're going to spend some money eventually and like a free agent. And if they do, and it's a big enough free agent, like I think a lot of people will buy that player's jersey just because not me. Okay, maybe you won't, but I just felt like there was this time when I first got down here where just like everybody would get like Josh Hamilton Elvis and all these guys oh, like yeah. that. And then there it's dropped off. And I feel like
1: everyone uh, has Joey Gallo right now. Right,
2: right, right. But, but I feel like if Yankee. they made a big time free agent signing, everybody would be in on whoever that player was and would be buying that jersey over here.
1: Oh, I'm just saying from like personally, You're I've done. been burned. I've been burned. So I will only get like Blank or I do have like my stars is a Miro Heiskinen and I also have Madonna
0: but like I I freaking have Roussel and I'm so sad or I'm like I'm so mad about that like at uh, least he's fun n-
2: yeah <laughs> you guys are stars man neither of you guys have a Sagan jersey
0: uh no that's I, I, don't, I don't yeah no surprises know. me Low actually key, I have a Klingberg kind
1: of a jerk so that's oh. why I don't have his like <laughs> I, in didn't, a, I didn't know in that. real life so
0: okay okay. <laughs>
1: I don't care if he's a jerk on the ice like do whatever you want but yeah yeah so I was like "Eh."
0: yeah no I'm I'm yeah I I have a I need to I don't actually have a cowboy jersey I do not own a cowboy jersey I
1: feel very good about getting the Dak jersey but I do need
0: to sage it yeah which is why
1: we are going to the witch store yes and getting some real sage
0: we're going to the witch store this weekend and we will sage it tomorrow and we will document for everyone absolutely (laughs) We can actually proceed with the season. Um,
1: I took a really cute picture in that jersey, too, at that did. game, and I was like, I can't post it. You did. Can't.
0: She looked really cute. She wore it as, like, a dress, and, like, you looked great. Yeah, because it's long. Yeah.
1: Don't worry. I w- wasn't looking too Gucci, and I had shorts under. But
0: <laughs> I did approve the outfit before we went. There was concern. I was like, no, you look great. Um, John, are you really enjoying this conversation?
2: I am, yeah. I'm Thanks. looking at I'm looking at the roster right now trying to find out who I think are going to be the best selling jerseys. And then obviously, oh. the, obviously Dak will. Yeah. And then Micah and CD would probably be my next two.
0: A hundred percent. If you had to buy a Jersey, John, like I know this is super sacri- sacrilegious like, <laughs> as a reporter covering the team. Let's just say for a hot minute, you take off your reporter hat, which I know you never do.
2: Oh, I can just do it like this. I'll just say like, if I had like a son, you know, okay, perfect. Like, yeah.
0: Yeah. Okay. Yeah, let's it's it's it real
2: out. easy. I mean, if <laughs> I had a son, as an NFL football fan, much forget just the Cowboys. I think that the jerseys really would come down to, uh, exactly, exactly the same two that, uh, um, Trayvon Diggs, son was talking about would be Patrick Mahomes or Dak. <laughs> and I mean, that'd be, and that's not just like a Cowboys. I'm thinking like, I don't know, like Dak is just such a, I don't know. He's just such a likable does the right stuff. Uh, He's got a great story. He's easy to root for. He's a good dude. Yeah. Um, There's so I fight myself all the time from like, and even if you follow me on Twitter, you probably think like, oh yeah, another positive tweet. Oh, you should see how many I think about sending. And I, and I'm like, don't send another one, whatever. Like, (laughs) but like, I think Hellman tweeted this the other day and I thought this exact same thing, but I was like, I can't be tweeting this stuff, but like like when he slapped Isaac Alarcon on the butt in the locker room after he like brought the team together, <laughs> it was just such a cool moment because it was like, he was, he's genuinely rooting for this guy that like knows probably won't play on Sunday. He would never admit that, but like, he knows how excited it is for him. like, you just don't see many franchise quarterbacks doing like little things like that. You know, I mean, yeah. stuff I see behind the scenes goes far, far beyond the whole like, Oh, he picked up a, you know, Gatorade bottle and threw it in the trash. Like he just is a genuinely good dude that goes out of his way. Like here, I don't know this to be the truth, but if this was the story, it wouldn't surprise me. It would not shock me if Dak went to the people from Hard Knocks and was like, hey, you know it would be a good story? Is this Jonathan dude that's in the middle? I was just room. about to talk like, about I it. I could so see him being like that. So if someone told me that's what happened, I'd be like, yeah, no, it makes complete sense. I could totally see him being like, hey, we yeah. should get him on there because he's got a really good story. His family's been, you know, in the Cowboys organization for a long time, stuff like that. So yeah, Dak, uh, Patrick Mahomes um yeah those are probably the the two safest ones i mean i would say i think aaron Rodgers and you know growing up a, as a lions fan like even aaron Rodgers, i think is a, is a cool jersey to have but there's a lot of drama that comes with it but you don't. i will say this the other part of it though and again this goes back to me buying jerseys when i was younger uh as you notice i'm saying quarterbacks because that's your best investment like you're gonna have that
1: sure
2: um but and Helm and i have talked about this too uh there is something to be said for somebody that has like a Zach Martin or a Tyron Smith, because you just know that they're kind of a hardcore fan, you know, and those are jerseys you can have for a long time too, because offensive linemen that are elite like that usually play for a long time. And you don't see many other people wearing those. So it's you, when you see it, you're just like, Oh, dang. Okay. Yeah. My favorite
1: is when I see people wearing (laughs) LaDucer. It it happens at every game. I've never even seen that.
2: I've never even seen that. That's
1: there's always one person and you're like, You're cool. (laughs) (laughs) R.I.P. to him being on the team, but still.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, No, I think that's totally fair. I love that. I mean,
1: mean, that one was like relevant for what, 20 something years? How long was he on
0: the team? Maybe more like 75. He definitely was on the team for 75 years. I believe it. Would you guys
2: ever buy a Tom Brady jersey?
0: No. No. (laughs) No. No, that's not true. (laughs) Not even if there was a fire. (laughs) I I would. I think I would just because like, he's literally, I mean, he's just transcended the sport. Like he's incredible. Like I, that's like, that's like, buying he doesn't a-
1: like strawberries. Okay. And well, that will never sit well with me.
0: His. <laughs> n- yeah. He's, he's weird AF for sure. Yeah. But like, so, I would, yeah, I would probably buy one.
2: So growing up in Michigan, I, I don't like, like I root against the university. of. My favorite uh, college football team is Florida state. My second. I
1: found that to be the most fascinating thing about you. Yeah. Really? I just,
2: i I fell in love with them as like a little kid. And then I hated Michigan. And so till this day, my second favorite college football team is whoever's playing Michigan. So um one of the reasons why I, I've always kind of rooted against Tom Brady is because living there when all this was going on, like they did not want him to be the quarterback. They wanted Drew Henson to be the quarterback. He was like this star, like high school player. And then Brady asked to play because the coach Lloyd Carr liked him and thought he was really solid. And the fans always wanted Drew Henson to play because he had a higher upside and was this big time high school guy. And now though, if you ask Michigan fans, they can Oh, Brady's been our guy from day one. We love Brady. Brady's the best thing ever. And so that's always kind of made me, it's always made me like root against him, but it's so difficult to root against like how great he is. Like it took me forever to, before I would ever say he, I would take him over Joe Montana, you know, like, but I mean, what he does is just, it's crazy. And then, you know, I mean, like going into this week, with the cowboys playing him, we we're just I was just at practice and osa Digizua was talking about like what you need to do to stop him and talking about how like well he's older and he's not mobile, so you just keep him in the pocket. And I'm just thinking when Ew. Osa's saying this, I was like, Okay, Osa, osa don't say this because this is gonna get back to him. And he's yes. like and so another reporter even said to him, like, Are you worried about this getting back to him? And he was like, Oh, I don't care. I mean, like Tom Brady cares what I have to say or whatever, and just like okay.
0: Yeah, yeah you know tom, tom cares tom does care like literally and and we actually had say that, it to you on the field <laughs> yeah, yeah he's gonna say it to you on the field he's gonna make a post about it and that maybe not calling you out but like you know when he when he kicks their butt next week like he's gonna be like you know 40 slow af but still running or something you know like it's gonna it's coming yeah, he couldn't keep me in the pocket <laughs> right, All like, right
2: Well, well okay okay since you since you you gave me that little hint i have to ask you this then uh Since you feel that way about next week's game, I'll ask you guys this both uh, right now: How many games do you think they'll win this season? Okay, seventeen-game schedule.
0: I have my notes. I don't have the notes. (laughs) Um, it's funny you asked me this because I was literally looking at this earlier, and I was like, I was like, okay, like where, what are the trap games? Blah blah blah. Like, what do I think? 17 games, I kind of have to go with you as well. And I also have a friendly out with my um, friend who's an Eagles fan. I think the Cowboys, I'm picking the Cowboys over the Eagles just because I think their quarterback situation is so uncertain. Um, But also I have, I can't give them more than like 10 games. And I think I always go into the season each year and I'm like 10 games. And even with one more added game, I still have to go 10 games because I really just feel like that this team needs last year was a wash. And I think that's being nice and calling it a wash last year was a cluster and they have so many things to figure out. And I think that they're going to have to use part of this year to do just that. Um, And so I can't imagine unless, you know, some miracle, and I'd love for them to prove me wrong, but 10 games, that's that. And it caps me. I I cap out at 10 for sure.
2: All right, Megan, what about you? 10 is 10 fair.
0: 17.
1: (laughs)
2: Okay,
1: screw the That Seventeen in um, an SB. Yeah. But, well, we're going to the Super Bowl, so okay. There's that. Um, but yeah, I would say. Like,
2: I if would, you had to, if you had to bet every penny that you're going to make this oh. year on on exactly on, and you have to be right on the number of games that they win, what would you what would you put that number at?
1: Nine.
2: Okay, nine. All right. If if I can tell you but right I now, I
1: want to say 11 quick. So okay. So nice. between
2: nine, and, 11 and Kelsey, or you're says making 10, me get
1: money. So that's why my answer. Right. You. Well, no, but that's always,
2: that's how you get the most honest answer. Correct. Right. So what if I then tell you that they win week one and beat, beat Tampa, then how many games do you think they're winning? Uh, I same, think, I think, because shit, I
1: think they're going to win this game and then turn around and lose the next game. And it's going to be funny.
2: I think it's going to be, Shit's gonna get crazy if they if they were to beat the Bucks with like exactly fans, it's gonna be what, wild. They're gonna oh,
1: that's gonna, how I know it's gonna happen. They're gonna I go need in, it. They're gonna beat him game one, and they're like the hype is gonna be out of this world. And then they're gonna turn around. Who do they have this following week? Jacksonville?
2: No, they got the Chargers in LA. They,
1: oh, the Chargers. Um, they're gonna turn around and lose to the Chargers. And I just, they're also gonna have their first points be field goal. Just to work there.
2: Like I just from whether it's, you know, Twitter interaction yeah. uh, to the stories I write to like, you know, since we're a subscription based company, you know, we track our subscriptions very closely. Um, and just from all of like that <laughs> research that I have behind the scenes, I just get this feeling that like Cowboys fans are just kind of like, we're just going to, we're just going to dip our toe in the water <laughs> and we're, we're not really sure it's coming off of last season, but you know, I'll believe it when I see it but they're completely jumping all the way in if they beat if they beat Tampa and it's just going to be especially because it'll be at Tampa and it'll be you know Tom Brady you know yeah. they're they're going to obviously before the game you know be celebrating some way a banner or something in the stadium like there's going to be so much hype it's the only game on first game of the season like the hype level is going to go up a lot and and I'm not even talking about like them winning by a lot i'm saying if they win on like a last second field goal it's going to
0: get wild i'm about to, if they beat if they beat Tom Brady, I'm gonna buy my my ticket to L.A. immediately. Okay. Straight up. Well, then they're like I
1: said, they're gonna lose the next game. So if you want to go watch that, <laughs> you just come to Tampa instead.
2: <laughs> I will say hey, those flights from from DFW to LAX. I mean, they are pretty cheap.
0: I'm just saying, like it's probably not? the
2: most affordable flight you can make.
0: I'm just saying it's it, it it seems like it makes some sense. I am down to ride the hype train um, if it if the opportunity becomes available to me. Um, John, we have stolen so much of your time tonight. Thank you so much. I know you're so busy. Like, I could talk to you forever. It's like, (laughs) I forget that we're like recording this for a show and you probably have work to do. So um, we actually should let you go so we can hang out with you for real this weekend, um, like off the air. Um, So we'll let you do that. But guys, uh, John, he did mention... Uh, if you're not subscribed to The Athletic, you should be. It's one of the best investments I've personally made. I think it's like cost me less than a cup of coffee each month. He actually has a really great article out right now uh, about the 53-man roster analysis and some of the biggest surprises and uh, dives into a little bit more of the topic of what we we touched on here as well and some of the transactions. If you don't truly wrap your mind around you know, why we don't have a long snapper on our team, uh, he he explains that. So I think that's a valuable thing to – help quell any fears. If you, for any reason, were concerned about special teams, which we all know that I personally have an issue with them, but we don't have enough time to <laughs> talk about that tonight. My friends, um, John, thanks for joining us. We do appreciate it. Any other things that coming up that we need to make sure we, uh, we look out for from you.
2: Well, we were talking about hard knocks. I'm definitely going to do something, you know, ranking what I think from all the episodes were like the best moments. So I'll definitely do that after we see that final episode Tuesday night. Um, I'd say I'm going to definitely have something up Monday morning and then Wednesday I'm going to have my usual, like what I do during the season, which is going to be like, it'll be a, you know, several thousand words, just like all the notes and the things you need to know going into that first game. Like it's kind of like a, just uh, putting together everything, whatever's the best stuff to get from the previous week. You know, this is the first time we're getting to talk to like a lot of guys in a while. Like we haven't talked to Dak in a couple of weeks because he hasn't been really doing much, you know, Zeke and all those guys. We got Micah Parsons today. We're gonna get more guys during the week. So Yeah. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, there's going to be plenty of stuff up uh, on the athletic for sure.
0: Awesome. All right. Well, thank you the most again, as always, it's always a pleasure. We're going to go ahead and get that drop recorded. So um, next time you come on, we'll have that Ready to go for you, but guys, Johnny
1: matches.
0: Yeah, literally, Johnny <laughs> matches. That, that sounded good. A building, um, guys, make sure you are subscribed to the Athletic, but also Blogging the Boys too, wherever you get your podcasts, whether that's Apple, Spotify, iTunes, or Stitcher. We really do appreciate you taking the time to rate, review, subscribe, give us all your five star reviews. You can find Megan and I on social media as well as well as John. John is on Twitter at John Mashoda No H. I am on Twitter at Kelsey underscore Charles on Instagram at Hey Kelsey Charles and Megan is. At Meg Murray with four R's. Um, John, I know you have to be unbiased because you're a reporter, but luckily we don't have to be. So that's why we always close out our show with these really important words. Megan, uh, give the people what they want. Dallas forever, Philly for never. And um, hopefully the Lions don't disappoint John too much this year. Uh I hope they do. (laughs) Bye, guys. (laughs)